It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Uh, oh man, this is so exciting. Not only do I have uh, co-host Ryan Nanny. Live from the Vox Media Studios on screen in front of me. I got like an engineer back here. We're on a real mic, like a real dang mic. And guess who's sitting to my right immediately? That's right. College football expert. I don't know about that. Trademark. Hashtag. Mm. Uh, Microsoft certified expert. (laughs) Apple story college football genius. That means I can talk Stanford and nothing else, which means we're in luck. Because it's the Pac-12 North it's episode. The, it's a Pac-12. Can we do? Can I do one thing before we get rolling, real quick? Yeah, yeah, man. So, like lately, we've gotten a handful of complaints about our podcast, which is not unusual. Like Spencer got an email from an Ohio State fan. We got a, a, a just a wonderful one-star review from somebody who clearly understands what our podcast is and just doesn't like that. That's. I want to peel back the curtain a little bit. Here's how podcasting works. Um. To pod, to have a podcast, you have to get a podcast license. Now, in 2017, that can cost you anywhere between three hundred and three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Now, how long have we been doing? I, how long have we been doing this show? Like four years, five years, something like that. Well, we're on season seven, so like four years. Right, yeah, four years. right, right. Um, when we started, it wasn't nearly that expensive, but it was in six figures. Seventeen dollars. he's lying it was at least six figures so what i'm saying is this those licenses are given out by the government you have two choices in the same way that like the fcc um handles airwaves and things like that so if you don't like the shutdown forecast you have two choices one you can purchase our podcast license now like i said that's going to run you uh, at least three hundred thousand dollars if not more um or you can go to a local government podcast office. Now, they're all regional, and you have to go in person. I believe uh, the southeast region is located in Montgomery. Is that where the it regional is. office is? It, it is. You gotta, it's a pain in the butt, but you do get to drive all the way over to the Magnolia City, have yourself a lovely taco over there right. at... Uh, at Ali, Ali Sheikh Mohammed's Tacos. It's the biggest taco place in Montgomery. It's there, great. That, that office is open on Tuesdays between 11 and 11.14. And on what? Thursdays between 11.14 and 11.12. Now, I know that seems the, weird, the but that's what's listed. So, folks, before you all stampede to Montgomery, and if, I mean, if you were going anyway, which you probably were, that's fine. But before you head there, you should know that we're not actually registered at that one or at right. one near New York City. We are registered at the one in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. That's right. I'm um, sorry. I forgot about that. Because we used the wrong code. on a, We had a coupon code, and we typed it in backwards. Right. 
Um, so yeah, you're gonna want to go to that office. Uh, talk to Darlene, not Darlene. If you call her Darlene, she will not deal with you. Darlene, uh, very nice woman who runs that office. And file a complaint with her. There's a chance that they'll yank our license. I don't know. I mean, we're not real involved in it after getting after we got it. But either that or, you know, Venmo Spencer, $300,000. And that's what you need to know about podcast licenses. Yeah. You're like, how do these guys get away with it? We paid $17 for our license. We bought low and we're going to sell high. So if you would <laughs> like a more informative college football podcast, please. A check for an uh, let's see an adjusted six hundred and fifty three thousand right. dollars. Wow! Uh, paid directly to the Children's Area uh, Sinai Hospital. You can just use the abbreviation. <laughs> Send me that check, and we'll be fine. And we'll be done. We'll, you know what? It'll be the last. We'll never do. We won't even guest on anybody else's podcast. You'll be <laughs> podcast ain't played nobody. We'll be Spencer, Jason, Ryan free forever. I'll tell you what, for an even $3 million, none of us will ever speak again. Damn. Yeah. No one will hear our voices. Yeah. Government, don't listen to that. You didn't hear that. <laughs> Government, look away. But, Government, look away. Everyone but, else, hello. But nobody, nobody has paid that money as of today, so it's time to preview the Pac-12 North. North North? Yeah. This is... I love this conference. I love these teams. I... Enjoy how predictions are kind of pointless. They're great because I'm pretty sure we know who's good and we know who's bad. And then everyone in the middle is a bit of a tussle. This this conference does this have like this division of this conference? Does this have the, the, the highest turnover based on like a three or four year span from where they were to where they are now? In terms because of in of, terms of coaches or in terms of just like the pecking order. Well, the pecking order. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've had coaching turnover, obviously, but the pecking order has flipped dramatically in this conference. I think it did last year, just mainly Washington and Oregon and also Washington State. But coming into this year, it's almost like it's you, you got to keep up with this, man. It, 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 it'll flip so fast, it'll flip all the way around. You won't even realize it started flipping yet because, like, hey, what if it's Washington? You know, what if it's or what if it's Stanford wins and Oregon second? Something crazy happens to Washington. Now we're right back where this we is. This is the House Hunters International of of divisions, right? Because basically, uh, everyone walks in and goes, "What I would really like is a five three on the beach with uh, marble floors." And they're like, "How about you flip this Oregon State? <laughs> it's a shack." Uh, it's got a hole in the roof, and uh, we'll pay a coach, a good one, to come in and do it. I think I think this division is more like a Mario Maker level, where um, you know you you set up this ridiculous maze that um, that you yourself can barely even complete. And like the thing about that game is you have to finish the the level before you can post it online. Um, and this is the division where you know you got to go to Pullman. That's that's like man, that's like jumping in the you know the the swirling pit of the stompy rocks, and you well, know you yeah, gotta but that's where the that's where the blue switch is. You gotta hit that blue switch. You gotta if you if you want to escape, you gotta hit the blue switch. If we if we've already lost you, then let's just sum it up this way: Oregon's gonna be bad, and that's good for them this year. That's how messed up and how flipped around this entire division is from where it was four or five years ago. Okay. When you can rely on Washington being a bankable commodity and Washington State also being good, you know that something dramatic has happened where, I don't know, we're kind of back to like, you know, 1997 standards when yeah, it comes to the conference. Very 90s, yeah. Maybe, maybe like 1991 featuring 1998 Washington State. Uh, who do you want to talk about first, Ryan? Well, you, I mean, you want to talk about Oregon. I'm not going to take that away from you. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's just go to this, okay? Uh, new coach, Willie Taggart. How'd that get off to a start? H how was the start? Did, uh, did it go well? Uh, painful, as I recall. Started, Literally painful. Strong. Yeah. Strong. I mean, it did have a kind of strength to it, mm -hmm. and that their strength coach was suspended for putting players through workouts so hard that a couple of them got rhabdo. Keep in mind, uh, the, the coach was suspended for that. At Iowa, I don't know, a couple of years ago, like like ten people got rabbed up. But that was a good that was a good Iowa year, as I recall. Yeah, that was and then their then their strength coach got an award for being an awesome strength coach. At Oregon, he gets suspended. 
I'm just presenting facts, and I'll let you walk away with the conclusion you care to take from them. Uh, in addition to that, Oregon lost an assistant coach to, uh, I believe that was a DUI charge. Is that correct? That sounds right. They also lost uh, their top wide receiver to that particular ailment. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, a little bit of the old Nashville speeding ticket for both an assistant coach and a wide receiver, a strength coach who got in hot water after uh, just a week on the job. Just a week. Hit the ground running, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not exactly an auspicious start for Willie Taggart, but but let's review let's review the Willie Taggart resume as goes his rebuilding projects. Uh, first gig is at Western Kentucky, correct? Uh-huh. And uh, how did he do in his first year there? Well, um, without looking at based nothing on, on nothing but memory, I'm going to say uh, things were not off to a hot start, but then they rapidly build. I think it was a bowl by year three, and bowls are pretty rare there. That is correct. Like, they, uh, they, they first season two and ten. Little bit of a rebuilding year. Uh, continuing the House Hunters theme, right? Kind of going into fixer-upper. Cheat with me, okay? Then uh, goes to South Florida, where, if you'll remember, they went what? Two and ten. Two and ten. Two and ten. Two and ten. That is correct. Uh, and then yet in 2013, after going two and ten, they go four and eight, eight and five, creeping up, make a bowl. Then 2016, breakthrough, bam, ten and two. And this was in 2015. It wasn't even like, oh, they're pretty good. It was more like after September, well, I guess Willie's getting fired. I guess he'll go be uh, a Michigan wide receiver coach, you know, or whatever, wherever Harbaugh was at the time. Um, and then this team caught fucking fire after, like, you know, they decided, why are we running a pro-style offense in the state of Florida? Like, this, this state is, is based around nothing but speed, and um, quarterbacks just getting out there and doing stuff, so we're going spread. And it took off, and that lasted about 20, you know, 15 games, I guess. And now he's coached Oregon, where that's all they do. Yeah. So to review Oregon's current standard standards uh, on defense, the standard is uh, Ole. They, they they haven't had a defense, in, at least since the retirement of uh, Nick Aliotti, their former defensive coordinator. Uh, the talent there, uh, it's not there. They, they really don't have a lot. They won't have a lot until we get a couple of recruiting cycles in. Uh, offensively, not bad, all right? There's definitely some pieces on offense, right? They've got people who they will be good once Willie Taggart figures out what to put them in. So what I'm saying is that at Western Kentucky in year one, Willie Taggart went two and ten. <laughs> That's the main thing to focus yeah. on. And Oregon, um, he's going to tear this down to the studs because you're going to have to learn to do everything over again. Under Mark Elfrich's program, by several accounts now, descended into, I think, the kind of comfort that only Nike products could provide when you were just bathing in shoes and a luxurious locker room every single day as a young student athlete. People skipped workouts. I didn't know there was a thing you could do, but evidently, Oregon players decided skipping workouts was a thing that they could do. Well, and, 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 and the Pac-12, it's more of a guided study. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even like we got to, I don't know, you look at like through week seven, this Oregon team had at that point, they were two and five. They'd lost their fifth straight. They just lost to a not very good Cal team. Um, and it wasn't like, oh, Mark Alfrich is done. You know, when they beat Utah on the road at with like a last second touchdown to get their fourth win, there were people who were like, you know what? He can survive this. It, it took that last loss in the Civil War against Oregon State to this was I mean Mark Helfrich ended up being a hard Dracula to kill a real hard Dracula to kill that's right but here's some good news we're, we're this is sounding extremely doom filled and I don't want it to be entirely doom filled you have uh, a great returning running back in Royce Freeman you've got quarterback Justin Herbert coming back you've got a pretty solid line and you've got an offensive uh, minded coach who will work with what he's got and put it into a pretty good system. Is it going to be two and 10? I don't think it'll be two and 10. I mean, let's, wow. let's look at the schedule. You got, I mean, if this is the pac 12 and you got to win some shootouts, Oregon's got the horses to win some shootouts. Okay, but but oh, hold on. What's the first road game? 
<clears throat> you know, there's a lot of things that we can talk about, Ryan, that are negative, and I'm not, I'm not over, I'm not about it. The first road game's at Wyoming. At Wyoming. At, at Wyoming. At Wyoming. Who's it's a state? It's a real state. Mm -hmm. Who's the head coach at Wyoming? Craig Bowl. How do we feel about Craig Bowl? Well, you feel two different ways about Craig Bowl. We were talking about Craig Bowl earlier. It is. You can picture this game, Wyoming, Oregon. You can picture that being like a 65 to 60 kind of game because, like, hey, they're a Mountain West team. They got an NFL quarterback and all that. And then when Craig Bowl goes to Iowa, you can picture that being a 7 to 4 game because it's Craig Bowl. So, like, yeah, yeah I mean, Wyoming, is that a team that can, is that the rare mid major that can slow down Oregon's offense and keep up on the scoreboard? How, how. How did you schedule a road game against Wyoming? How? Why? Let's go. Let's go back to that. It's like, a real state. No, I'm not. I'm not disparaging Wyoming as a geographical location. I'm confused as how Oregon, a team that not that long ago was playing for the national title, said yes, we will agree to this road game against Wyoming. I don't. Do I, I just don't get it. Maybe this was scheduled in like 1949. Ah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. This is before Oregon was even. This was a condition of Oregon's statehood. This was, this was before Nike was founded. Mm -hmm. Knowing Willie Taggart, I will bet there has been one five-star recruit in the history of the state of Wyoming. Mm -hmm. And without looking, I bet he's alive right now. I bet he's in Laramie. And I bet he said, you know, it'd be neat if Oregon played in Wyoming so everyone could watch. And Willie Taggart's like, let me make that happen. Poof! 18 minutes later, Oregon's got a game in Wyoming. That's my best guess because Willie Taggart is a savage recruiter. I don't think, I mean, they could lose this game. Mm, under new management. Not really sure what everyone's assignments are. But if I had to look at sure losses on the schedule and say, yeah, I, I think that's, that's probably an L. Um, I look down at these games. At Stanford, that's that's a loss. You lose that game. I would look at at Washington. That's a loss. Streak. Streak. There's a, there's a streak in that rivalry. That there be two in a row. Now here's where the bad news I think starts stops like arriving because you have other games on the schedule that Oregon could find very winnable, even in shootout mode. For instance, I think you lose to Utah. Sure. But are you going, are we even sure that UCLA can score points anymore? Uh, neither UCLA nor Utah. I mean, I think this schedule is up. It might be the, the best schedule in the division because um, if you just go ahead and punt the Stanford or Washington games, fine. We'll play those on the road since we're probably losing anyway. Out of the division, you get both the Arizonas, who might be the conference's worst two teams, and you get to miss USC. So, I mean, I think that alone makes this the conference's best schedule. Plus, compared to last year, you're hosting Nebraska. You almost beat them last year in Lincoln when you were terrible. Um, I would, I'm, I'm picking Oregon in that game. To me, I mean, this is nowhere near, you know, four and eight or whatever. No way. This looks like I, I'm going to go ahead and go with seven and five. And there's if you no. Beat the team yeah, and there's no like weird Friday or Thursday game on here. There's no yeah, it all none of it looks terrible. Nah, let's go seven and five. I'm I'm saying seven and five because uh, they'll flip a game. Let's go eight and four. I mean, the offense should be fine. Justin Herbert in his second year, the defense cannot possibly be worse. And Jim Lovett has built a good defense in the Pac-12 with you know, non five stars before as in last year, two and 10. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Riverside. Take that. Solid purple. Um, next team. Let's go. Hey, do you want to go Washington? We'll just work our way through heavyweights here. Sure. As long as we end with Cal. As long as we, you know, like, oh, no, watch this. We can get Cal out of the way. Y'all come, come back Cal next year. Come back next year. Punt. Punt. I like uh, Cal. I like your coaching staff. Your schedule is terrible. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, let's, let's no, 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 no. You see what Cal's doing here. Cal is doing the tour of the tour of NCAA ensnared uh, colleges. They start with. I mean, now we're doing the Cal preview. Sorry. Uh, they have North Carolina <laughs> to start the year. Two weeks after that, they play Ole Miss. The week after that, they play USC. The week after that. 
They play Oregon. I mean, it's just like, you know, they should just bring an investigator with them. I almost wish they weren't playing Ole Miss so we could just point out that they'll play the same bowl game this year. I would like to point out that also how Ole Miss is probably as big a culture clash as we could. Like, <laughs> oh I cannot. <laughs> Did you just notice that Cal's playing Ole Miss? I didn't really think about it. <laughs> fucking, fucking, who's the, Milo is going to show up and have a, and Coulter is going to show up. Where is that's that where, game? That's where everyone in, hates that, that game's in Berkeley, yeah. Oh my God, the damn alt-right is going to show up wearing <laughs> Ole Miss Confederate gear. <laughs> Antifa for the Rebels. Somehow both teams will be three and zero, and Game Day will be there, and Lee Corso will be kidnapped. Oh man, this is a mess. We gotta cancel this. Yeah, no. This is... I like how they're both bears of very different breeds. <laughs> <laughs> the golden bears and the problematic bears. You appropriated our culture, old mess. <laughs> That's the birthday response. Yeah, yeah, we were down with bears long before you ever were. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is their schedule. Let's just review Cal's schedule and then move on. Cal, uh, absolutely nothing on defense. Nothing. There's not a, there's not a soul on that defense. If you ever wanted to be a walk-on and you're 18 years old and listening to this podcast, don't go to Cal because you could do it, but do you know how bad it's going to feel? Do you like doing wind sprints for 60 minutes? That's what you'll be doing. I think, um, Justin Wilcox from Wisconsin, um, an excellent defensive coordinator who has been in the Pac-12 before. He should have just brought Jim Leonard with him because there, now you got a defender. Just just bring him as, you know, all-time defender. The good news is that um, Cal won't keep you up vaguely staying in games until like the third or fourth quarter no, at no. 1 a.m. No. No, that'll, that'll be over because this is a complete rebuild. Uh, this feels like a team that could win um, Three? one game this year. Wow. One. <laughs> one. Damn. One. Because no, wow. but look, look where are you what Weber no, I know. State. Weber, I I, I, State. I think I think Weber State. I think if you take Weber State and coin flip one of the Arizona Oregon State games, I think that that or, seems Oregon State's going to be a better football team. Than Oregon Cal State will year. be a better football team. I don't think they're going to be a, like decisively better than Cal. Are we sure about that? I'm not. I'm not. Jesus, I'm, we're never sure about anything. We're not even sure we have the right teams when we do these previews. Oh yeah, don't pay attention to Cal. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm actually gonna call. This feels like um, I'll, I'll accept a coin flip, especially versus Arizona, yeah. aka the program and all signs of program collapse. Arizona's so pen, Arizona and the penny slot defense. Yeah, is that two and ten? Two and ten. Two and Cal, ten. two and ten. Two and ten. All you're right, sorry. With, you're familiar with this. Don't act like you're shocked. Now, now you can do your Washington preview. Whoo, man. See how much see how much cleaner you feel now now that you got that out of the way. Get your cow, get your cow out of the way early in a day. <laughs> uh, yeah, Washington. Do you have any strong opinions on Washington other than they're good? Hmm. Um, they lose a lot of their secondary, which per Bill C's arithmetic is um, the area where returning production is. It tends to be the diciest if you're starting over. Um, that and the passing game on offense are, are kind of the two hardest areas to to replace. And that's basically the only worry. <laughs> that's it. Cause let's see. Do you have a quarterback? You do. You got Jake Browning. Should be maybe maybe the conference's Heisman favorite, even over Sam Darnold. Yeah, by the way, Jake Browning, you might have gone watched him against Alabama last year in Atlanta and gone, whoo, that guy, he's got problems. He did. He had a banged up shoulder. He was playing Alabama with a bad shoulder. That's that's why he looked the way he did in that game. Also, they couldn't block Alabama. Um, but they should be deeper. They should be more experienced. They get Dante Pettis back. Dante Pettis now in his seventh year mm -hmm. in college football. He's going to be the number one receiver, and he's outstanding. So, yeah, they lose John Ross, and that sucks because I always like watching a guy who could run a 3-9. But they get Dante Pettis back, who only runs a 4-4. Shame. Shame, Washington. This is weird, by the way, how fast this happened. It was not supposed to happen this fast. They were not supposed to be this good this fast. And this was the project we were all waiting on, right? We were waiting on, oh, man, Chris Peterson's going to go go there, and they're going to blow up like Boise State. Like, that happened. Don't sleep on that. That I happened mean, last year. I mean, year. some of it was that they did be They were the most direct beneficiaries of Oregon completely cratering, A. 
Uh, they caught Stanford at a very bad time last year when Stanford, ha- I think, had its most injury-racked portion, and Washington was probably playing its best football. Um, so, so there is a little bit of like the stars aligned just right for the Huskies last year. That said, they were. I mean, I remember last offseason, Dan Rubenstein was, you know, jokingly telling everybody like, "Undefeated UW, put it in the books," and and it almost came true. Well, because because it's Oregon, Dan being an Oregon fan, because it's Oregon, it had to go against Oregon. Right. When when things when things look pretty good, oh, Washington's getting hype. Oh, this will be hilarious. No, no, Oregon will be the team that suffers the most here. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. 2007 and that, 2010 and 2014 and various other years. The one the one place they'll really miss people is the loss of Buda Baker, because. Buda Baker moving downhill was the scariest thing I've seen out of the secondary. Like all missile. last year, just a heat-seeking missile against Alabama, right? Like you, I, I thought, like, oh man, they'll pick him up and block him. No, no, <laughs> look, dude, he's there in the backfield with a crowbar. Very, very mean. They'll miss Buda Baker, I think. But overall, like the projection is ten and two on this team. That seems is that pessimistic if you look at it because the schedule let's go through that schedule who do they open with rutgers okay one and oh it's a great way to start the year maybe is 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 one of the losses that you have to go to rutgers yeah that's a spiritual loss spiritual loss thanks right in the pack 52 i think (laughs) they're gonna run out of ammo in that cannon If, if if larry's got senses that your vibe is is um not sufficiently attuned with uh nature he continue for that. You're gonna turn down your butt. You're gonna like completely mess up your body clock and still win by 35 in your opener. And Congratulations! Be, but be bitterly disappointed in the effort. You have to apologize for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then Montana, Fresno State. I think they got Colorado right. Uh, a depleted Colorado compared to what they faced last year. Even though that's that's at Folsom, uh, they go to Oregon State. Their road schedule: Arizona State. Until that Stanford game, their road schedule is pretty cakey. Yeah. And that's the Stanford game is the only road game that really, I mean, maybe Colorado, but that's the only one that really looks all that uh, scary there. I mean, it's not impossible that Washington can get through this schedule and in theory, never play a team that finishes in the top 25. Like I I don't look at this and say, Oh, I'm Stanford, I guess is the exception. Stanford is the one team that I'm like, they, they should finish top 25. Colorado and UCLA are probably the other two close ones, but like I'm not confident in, in, in Wazoo. But like this could be a situation where Washington goes 10 and 2, maybe even 11 and 1, and then you get all the. I mean, it happened last year to some extent, all the sort of like, well, the strength of schedule, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to get better this year. I think it looks a little less squishy than last year. Really? Um, you're playing Rutgers on the road. That alone will give you sure. a big bump instead of at home because um, you're clacking all those frequent flyer miles. The committee likes those. Um, but I also, there's I don't know how we uh, how we prove this, but there's also the theory that like the college football guard, whether it's the BCS, the polls, the playoff, whoever it is, that they sort of take what you've done before the year into account. They're not mm-hmm. supposed to. Can't you know you can't. Uh, you can't show that they do this, but knowing that Washington was playoff quality last year based on they did a lot better than Ohio State did, um, I think that gives them more of a, a, a starting point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going 11-1. Okay. Yeah, I have 11-1 too. That Stanford game, it's on a short week at Stanford. Stanford should be good. Fine. That's an L, but I, I think I have... Washington 11 and 1, USC winning the conference. No. I think we can move to this one. Yeah. The next team I want to talk about, you want to talk about a bad team? Get them out of the way? Hell yeah. Like a real a real bad team. Cuz we could talk about Oregon State. We talked about Cal. A team a team to... a team not 5 minutes ago you were telling me was going to be clearly better than Cal. What did a, what does that mean? I want you to get into the semantics of better than Cal. All right. It's it's One a, of our it's, most... a, it's a cover band of better than Ezra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not good to be better than Cal. It just means that you're not it's like not comatose, right? Right. 
still alive and in pain. At least Cal fans can't feel a thing. Fair. Oregon State, Oregon State fans might have a little bit of soul. But remember, in our ACC preview, we were talking about, man, you know, this team's going to be better, like much better. And it might not be because of, of the schedule, right? Yeah. So my advice to Oregon State fans, if you dare listen to this, don't, don't pay attention to the record. Look at your performance on the field. This yeah. is this is a year to look and see what the advanced statistics say. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they say you're a top fifty team and you went three and nine. Well, you're a top fifty team. Yeah, look at you. You, if you're a top seventy team, you should feel you should feel pretty That's good about almost you. halfway. Uh, no, you no. Feel- what it is, what it is, is you're you're building up hype for twenty eighteen. That's what you're doing. You're gonna intentionally have a win-loss schedule that does not reflect the quality of your team. And that way, Bill and everybody else who puts in the work to actually understand anything about college football can say a year from now, look out, here come the Beavers. They're going to get you. So the schedule sucks. There's a lot of good things you should know about Oregon State, okay? You should know that Gary Anderson, everyone loves him. Like, Like doing all the right things for the program. Understands how to build in that space understands how a program at that scale is supposed to compete and punch well above its weight while not getting expectations too high. Because that's where you're at, Oregon State, right? You're, you're hoping to go like, you're hoping to win 11 or 10 games in two years after you've recruited a lot of depth, which you didn't have coming out of the end of the Mike Riley era. But it's going to be, it's going to be pretty ugly this year in terms of your schedule. Because we're just going to zip through that, remind you, Oh, you open at Colorado State. That's yep. not it's not an easy game. Then you play Portland State. Um, well, yeah. Okay. You, <laughs> we'll, we'll, give you, we'll give you that. That's nice. That's a nice little neck rub. Then Minnesota. It's not going to be fun at all. If they come to you. They're still probably a better team than you are. And they're not real good. At Washington State, you're going to die. It's okay. Everyone dies. You're just going to die. Go to Oregon State, Washington State, and give up like 1,000 points. Then Washington comes to town. Forget that week. Have you thought about, have you really thought about getting outdoors more as an Oregon State fan? You should. You're in a beautiful area. You could consider fishing. You could learn to fly fish. You won't. No one ever learns to fly fish. But you could think about it, right? Maybe you could go on a bike ride. Mike Riley used to go on bike rides. You're super close to Eugene, Oregon. You could go there and uh, you could go there during like when Oregon's at Stanford. That'd be funny. Yeah, yeah Eugene's, Eugene's lovely. The statue that Jedediah Springfield is based on is right in the middle of campus. Go see that if you're a Simpsons fan. And if you're not, enjoy the beautiful views of Washington's western volcanic ridge. You can see the whole thing. It's just a, a stunning geographical, geological feature. And then, oh, you go to USC? Again, you know, LA's crowded. It's, it's expensive. You don't need to go there. Colorado comes to town. That's probably a loss. Stanford comes to town. That's also probably a loss. Then you go to Cal, which, as I've stated, definitively, if there's nothing else that you can know about this season, you're better than Cal. So please win that game so I can be right about one thing. So here's here's the metaphor for Oregon State football. Um, I'm going to pronounce this almost certainly wrong, but do you know the name of Oregon State Stadium? Reeser? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the Reesers, for whom the stadium was named, run a fine foods company. It started from a potato salad business. And Oregon State, this is a potato salad year, which is to say it's never that good. Potato salad is never must eat. Never something you can't miss out on. You can always do something better than potato salad. Treat it that way. Part of that potato salad has Ryan Nall at running back, by the way. Ryan Dahl is as close as you'll get to like the modern Mike Allstott in that, oh, except he doesn't steal touchdowns from work done. Aww. He's not a touchdown vulture. Love you, I Mike Shula. If, if we're talking um, positions as sides, fullback potato salad, that, that works. That and works he's fine. basically a fullback who's their full-time, you know, starting running back. Not full-time. He'll split with a number of other talented running backs. Such as Thomas, Thomas Tyner from Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just go. Um, this feels I'm, I'm kind of pessimistic, but optimistic. Uh, tough schedule, progress. 
Four and eight. You're, you're West Coast Maryland, Oregon State. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry I said that. Wow. I'm so sorry. Wow. Um, I think this is a six and six quality team against a friendly schedule. But, yeah, more like four and eight because the schedule is very mean. Very mean. You know what's not mean? If I've got to be. <laughs> Was that a transition? You know what's friendly? For instance, if you're an Oregon State fan. And you're going, where can I go and not watch Oregon State when they're going to struggle against teams that just have had, you know, the advantages that other teams have had that we haven't, right? If you want to go, uh, say, for instance, and, and and go watch another football game, right? Or, Ryan, give me another football game. Um, go see the Seattle Seahawks, maybe. Yeah, you could. You could go watch a Seahawks game. Wait, I don't have a ticket. How am I going to get one? By, Mur murder someone. Gosh. Well, you know, as common a response as that has been. <laughs> and how do we get things on the shutdown full cast? Turns out that's not a really great way to do it. There's a much more reasonable way to do it that incurs, at the very least, fewer legal fees, okay? Yeah. If you don't like billable hours and you need yourself a football ticket and you do not want to, as we suggested on previous episodes, pay a street urchin from the 1930s to get one for you. No! You can get it yourself here in this modern market economy where everybody's constantly on the internets.com. You can go to SeatGeek and get yourself a ticket. That's right, SeatGeek. You can get the app on your phone. It's easy, simple. Shop for yourself. Get just look and get yourself a Seahawks ticket. Does the Seahawks play the Raiders? I don't even know the NFL. Does that uh, happen? I don't, I don't, they're not in the same Let's, division, but maybe, I don't know. I haven't paid. Sure. It. You know what? It's Marshawn Lynch coming home and yep. that's all you want to do. All right. All you want to do is see Marshawn Lynch in Seattle again. Well, guess what? You just open up the seat geek app uh, with just a few convenient taps. You can find seats and you know, you can do that. If you want to buy tickets to the imaginary Seattle Oakland game, I just made up, please don't hold them liable it's, for it's that. A, it's a bowl game. It's a bowl game. That's right. Or if you want to go see the Apple Cup, if you want to go see Washington State, Washington, which we'll hype this year like, oh, man, this could just be – this could decide the whole Pac-12 North. Washington State's going to lose. Don't don't go. Just watch it on TV. It'll be much easier, and the weather will probably be some weird thing like, you know, caramel Sunday is blowing sideways because that's the way the Apple Cup always works. But if you wanted to go to that, you can use the SeatGeek app. It'll save you time. It'll save you money, give you the most bang for your buck, and every purchase – is fully guaranteed and that way you can do one thing in your life with absolute confidence which is shop for tickets so just download the app and enter the promo code sb nation today that's promo code sb nation for twenty dollars off your first seat geek purchase now let's and let's take th it, that let's take that a step forward there are mm -hmm. uh if wikipedia is right and why wouldn't it be there's thirty thousand students a little over at oregon state enrolled Let's say each of them takes advantage of this offer. That's $600,000 saved, right? Now we take that money. Spencer, let's take that money to Las Vegas. What are we playing? Roulette. We're going to roulette. What are we putting it? Or what are you thinking? You putting it on first 12? You thinking we're putting it, like, spreading it out? What do you want to do? Yeah, no, I'm taking, I'm taking 19 chips, turn it into a coin flip, and I'm spreading it out. Okay. Now we're going to turn that money into more money. You know what we're doing? We're closing the dollar gap between Oregon State and Oregon. We're taking advantage, and we're saying, fuck you, Phil Knight. We have seat geek money that we have turned into more money through the American power of roulette. Also, if you do happen to catch that murder charge for murdering a Seahawks fan, think about how much easier it would be to pay your legal bills with 20 more dollars right. than you would have That's had right. otherwise. Right. We, we talk about sports online. We know lawyers. We we are lawyers. We're all lawyers. All of us are lawyers. Like one more hour of Ryan's time when you hire him as your lawyer. That's that's about how much a lawyer costs per hour, right? Twenty dollars. Please, please, please for your own sake, hire Bud instead. For your own sake, go hire Bud. Bud will do like five cases at once, but <laughs> it'll it'll turn out fine somehow. He'll have you on the phablet. Like he'll turn it into into landscape mode. And they'll just be scrolling through his legal spreadsheets, and yeah, you'll you'll get off. You won't understand how. Well, well, and Bud will also somehow get you rated a uh, four star by twenty four seven. You won't even understand it. You're thirty eight years old. How are, you don't even like football playing? How are you a four you'll star have recruit? An offer for Memphis is all we know. 
And that offer from Memphis will turn into an offer from Tennessee. An offer from Memphis is also good for $20. (laughs) That's right. Promo code SB Nation, y'all. It all starts there. Tiki! Next team! That was amazing ad read on my part. Well, we're already talking um, the apps and, and, and disruptive technology. Let's knock out Stanford. Okay. Well, sure. Yeah. We got, uh, we got, speaking of apps, we got another quarterback who's working with VR. Remember, Stanford's quarterbacks all work with virtual reality software. So do Arkansas. Those are the only time that Stanford and Arkansas will <laughs> ever be mentioned in the same breath. Wildly different technology. I feel like, I feel like Arkansas's quarterbacks are working off, like, the Chipotle order and go app, like, <laughs> like some sort of bootleg. Well, no, it's 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 the app. It's the same program, but Arkansas takes you into a hometown buffet. It's not a football field <laughs> at all. Arkansas puts you in like a Minecraft where you have to like set up rig a, a huge machine that like slaughters cows that are sliding down a hill, and it turns them into the little little spinning beef icons. Yeah. Delicious. Meanwhile, Stanford's VR, it's hardwired to their head. They got a chip, right? Yeah, they got the, um, what's the Iron Man when his, when his armor actually becomes, like, embedded in his skin? That's why it takes so long when you're a Stanford quarterback. It takes you about three years to actually see the field. It's not because the offense is all that complicated. All you do is hand it to a running back. This is the Andrew Luck chair of offense. His yeah, name is sorry, his name sorry, is sorry. Jarvis. Yeah. Your body's going re- to reject him for a couple years, but it'll get there. You know, I wasn't, you'll die. I wasn't sure about leaving the South to go play at Stanford as quarterback. One, they got a good track record. Two, Coach Vision just made me feel so at home here. Also, I can fly now. Yeah, I can fly. It's amazing. The free market did I, all I'm this. I'm not allowed to because then I can't hand it to a running back. But Yeah. Um, that's, that's what we're looking at here. We're looking at a team that's going to depend on the increasing development of Keller Chris. We're also going to look at a team that's going to have to replace Christian McCaffrey, who was really good despite fighting off injuries last year. So that's a very large piece to have to replace for Stanford. And where will it all begin for the Cardinal? That's right. Sydney, Australia. The, the, natu- the natural home of college football, Sydney, Australia. I like how this was going to be a Rice home game, and they ended up turning a trip to Houston to a trip to Australia, which, okay, you're going to eat a lot of meat in either location. Um, you're going to spend a lot of time at the airport in either location. And there won't um, be that many Rice fans at either location. <laughs> no one at either location cares about either of these teams. <laughs> No one will attend either game, so we'll hold it anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Defensively, by the way, this is a very good team. Like, you should also know that. Like, very experienced, very deep. Um, gonna be gonna be very nasty defensively. So uh that's I this is if I weren't so absolutely smitten with Washington overall, this the question mark is really big here because you don't see obvious playmakers on offense. You just see effective, well-stocked offensive line and uh, capable receivers. Quarterback and running back remains like a bit of a question to me, which is why I would give Washington the edge overall in the division. Well, and also you look at, I mean, Jason pointed out that Washington got like a very, a pretty nice schedule assigned to them. And then you look at Stanford from the South, they're going to play, USC, UCLA, and Utah, which theoretically could be the three best or at least three of the four best teams in the South. Um, Outside of conference, other than the Rice game, they have Notre Dame at the end of the year. Notre Dame joke goes here. We'll fill it in later. Don't worry about it. But it's still – Notre Dame's still not Rutgers. Um, God, I hope that – I'm going to laugh my ass off if we get to the end of the year and we say, hey, remember when we said Notre Dame wasn't Rutgers? Um, and they have they go to San Diego State, which is a feisty team as non-power fives go. So it's it's definitely a road um, paved with more possible treachery and stumbling than Washington's. I think by far. Yeah, I I'll go nine and three, and that feels like a disappointment for them uh, because the standard has been so high. But nine and three, nine and three makes a lot of sense. 
especially given what they're going to have to develop and replace. And by the way, like I have total faith. That's what you do with Stanford, right? You go, man, I don't know how they're going to replace that guy. And then four games later, you're like, oh, they replaced that guy, right? Who? Yeah. <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> they've just been so systematic about how they develop talent that when things go bad early, they've got a plan. It's in place. They'll stick with it. Zero panic. Um yeah, They'll look bad at times on the way, but when they get there, it clicks. So this, nine and three, nine and three, and like just hammering some poor Big Twelve team in the Alamo Bowl, just like mm. bludgeoning them to death, and and beating Notre Dame. They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna beat Notre Dame. I um, it feels like eight and four is a floor, um, and this could be a ten and two team. So nine and three feels about right. I mean, the 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 two obvious losses, Christian McCaffrey and Solomon Thomas. Um, so they're probably losing their best player on each side of the ball, or at least their most obvious. But I just feel there's so much coming back that I don't know how much you'll miss those two guys. As as odd as that it is, is to say, for those of us who remember what Stanford was, you know, more than ten years ago, uh, yeah, just bank them for nine and three every year. Spencer, give us our last team. Did we save Washington State for last? We did, we did this accidentally. This wasn't really a matter of design we weren't going to just you know hold off on you know, pirate leech to go that way but that's exactly what happened and that's fine because washington state remains with the restructuring of cal and oregon washington state is probably the most exciting team most in- most interesting most interesting team to watch the longest team to watch the most they are the most team <laughs> the most time-consuming team to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's look at it this way. If you liked Washington State at its most extreme over the last two years, you'll love them this year. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the defense uh, left. Yeah, they left. They just, just went somewhere else. <laughs> and the offense is back. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and, back. and and what's happened? What's how has Washington State started their their season the last two years? They start. They always start with a loss to an FCS team. Yeah. And who are they Get playing it. to start the year? Montana State. Mon- the Bobcats. Montana, goddamn state. Yeah. This is the year that streak ends. Oh wow! I'm gonna call it. Wow. I'm gonna call it. They're gonna. They're. They're gonna. They're gonna be an FCS team this year, boys. And it's then, gonna happen. And then lose to a mid-major at home the next. And week. then totally lose to Boise State the next. Year. There's no way they're getting out of the gate well. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. No matter what, they're suffering a non-power loss. <laughs> I can see them easily sliding into like a three-game losing streak to start, <laughs> and then winning the last like eight out of the last nine. Sure, sure. I like my favorite note on their schedule, which I did not notice while looking at USC's, is that USC has to go to Cal. Okay, that's not that challenging. But then they have a short week trip to Pullman immediately after. So that's like a lot of travel crammed into like nine days or so. Um, And USC at Washington State, boy, that sounds like something that could get weird anyway. So, I mean, Wazoo losing to Montana State and then beating USC like three weeks later. Yes, book it. Uh, Let's look at it this way. Luke Falk has everything that he requires in order to have another massive, massive year at quarterback. All right. What does their defense have? Yeah, well, I misspoke when I said it left. The the secondary, a lot of it left. The front seven's intact, so you won't be able to run on Washington State. I don't know why you would anyway, because they're going to be up by 30 points if you try that. So, so it, this is a tidal wave defense, basically. Uh, it's going to rush at you hard. It's going to be pretty big up front. And if you can throw a ball over it, yay, someone on the other side can catch it and swim as far as they want. That's that's how this defense is going to work. It's going <laughs> to like, be... It's like Moana trying to leave the reef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once she makes it, smooth sailing, okay? Might break up your boat on the way, but if it doesn't, there's nothing behind it. In addition to that, uh, you know, Washington State tends to put a bit of pressure on on, you know, their defense anyway by getting a lot of reps and scores in. Yeah, this is... You've seen this before. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. It's very fun. And it's unless you're a Washington State fan, <laughs> in which case um, it'll drive you into a happy functional kind of alcoholism, not the despair driven dysfunctional alcoholism of the Paul Wolf era. So overall, yeah. But to be I, clear, alcoholism is in your future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're oh. going to turn up. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to go to Canada for some liver care. Fortunately, you're close. 
if you liked Texas Tech of about 12 years ago, here it is. Because <laughs> program becomes more and more leech every year, and this is as leech as it gets. Like, you know, even as they've developed the ability to run, they still choose not to. Like, they were still last in the country in carries last year, right? I'm, don't look it up. Don't look it up. I'm sure I'm right. But um, so even as they become more balanced, they just choose to ignore balance. It's 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 beautiful in its own way. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is the numbers have this as a six or seven win team. I feel like eight and four looks better. I just think if Luke, if they can keep Luke Falk upright, that's it. He's taken up. A pounding and a and and hey, come on, when has Washington State had trouble keeping a quarterback healthy? Mm-hmm. Hard, mm-hmm. To, hard to remember. <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of the few court, one of the few t- programs I can remember that had a quarterback with a lacerated liver. I mean, shit. They and literally, they literally wear red shirts. This is Star Trek tells you what's going <laughs> to happen if you're a Wazoo quarterback. Uh. But yeah, this feel, this feels like I'm gonna go eight and four, right? I could just if they really put it on, and I want to make the cowards prediction here. Eight and four feels like the logical thing, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> numbers are okay. The numbers are urging us to go six and six, so we're already bold. Spencer Hall, colon said this. Wow. That seems like the logical thing. Eight and four. <laughs> <laughs> but if there is a surprise team lurking somewhere in this division. It's Wazoo. I just, I, I think with an extremely experienced quarterback, a potent offense, and just enough defense to hold serve, they're more than capable of flipping the script on people and I think doing even better than that. Um, is that irrational? Uh, yes. Yes, I think that is irrational. Do I feel it deeply? Absolutely. So if, if these collective predictions hold true, the North is going to be a very fun and very good division. Yeah, I think it's the better of the two, uh, pretty clearly. I think you have – I would go down and include Oregon State and say you have five decent to good teams here. I would also like to back way, 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 way up. If Ole Miss loses to Cal, that means the <laughs> North won again. 